And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. And Stevie D, today is a day to be green. Today is jet day. You know, not 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 America's team. We understand that, right? The patriotic colors are the red, white, and blue. But today is green. Go green. Yeah. Hey, hey. Green pays the bills. Green <laughs> pays the bills. All right. <laughs> you know I, I did that? Right. Green pays the bills. I'll, the bills. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So this is your day. This this is your day. But before we kick that off, you know, you know, we're we're we're. I don't want to use some of those old cliches, but we're not just gonna keep banging the drum. I'll use that one, right? That's a little bit more fan friendly. Um, But we finally had the appeal ruling that came through today. Came through this afternoon. Um, I think it was it was a little bit of a shock, but. at the end of the day, all the rumors that we heard is that they were negotiating, right? What are you negotiating, right? And I think at the end of the day, for Deshaun Watson, it came back with a um, a suspension of 11 games. So up from the six-game suspension up to 11 and then got fined, I believe, $5 million. I'm not okay with the fine. Um, I think the NFL – was pushing for the fine because they knew that the time away from the game was not going to yield the normal revenue that they would get from the player's salary based on the contract that Watson had. So there was the monetary portion of it. The one thing that was agreed to, I guess, and I say I guess, right, because this is what came through, is that Part of it does include that he has to go to some level of counseling or, um, you know, visit with somebody to speak to his issue, right? Again, not 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 shedding any opinion to it, but uh, to his issue or to the circumstances of that. Yeah, uh, we've talked about it. Uh, you know, the eleven game suspension. He's not going to get any any money the way the Browns you know, did the contract for the first year. Um, and honestly, it's the first time that the NFL has been outsmarted and uh, they were, they had an egg on their face and like anything, any big behemoth, they're going to win. Um, you, you see it in law enforcement when law enforcement wants to get you, they're going to get you. Right. And so uh, this is the way the NFL policed it. And they assigned a arbitrator that he knew, Right. There's no shocker there. He appointed the arbitrator. He had conversations with this arbitrator about the case. Uh, I don't even know how that's legal. Right. Uh, If you have an arbitrator and you're you're talking to him about the case and what you want. Hey, Terry, it's like um, it's it's it was so unfair and so one sided um, that you knew the outcome was going to be there. I'm just surprised that he didn't curtail and do the whole 16 games. I was shocked that he stopped at 11. I, well, I, it was the it was the good negotiated. You know they were coming for seventeen games, and Deshaun was probably I'm staying at six, right? I'll I'll do the six, and you split the difference, right? Yeah, sure. You're, you're splitting the difference yeah. up, yeah. right? But that that's where you get your eleven. Right. It, it, it's a farce uh, on that. Uh, I like I said we we've hashed this on previous episodes of, uh, of it. Um, I I think he's paid his suspension the year before he got paid. Okay. I don't have the problem with the $5 million fine. I really don't. At the end of the day, the money that he's making, you know, $5 million on a $250 million contract that's guaranteed. Yes, it's petty. 
But you know what? If that $5 million is not going to the NFL, it's going to a, a, a woman's charity to help women combat abuse, right, and get help and shelter, whatever they need, then I'll, I'm good with that $5 million. If they're going to pocket the money, then no, no, I'm not good with that. But if they're well, taking the money and doing something good for it in the community, then, then I'm fine. Maybe it could be a fun for all masseuses to have larger towels available for their clients, larger than a hand towel. Right. So that that yeah, way, yeah. you know, they come, you know, fully prepared. It, interesting. We'll we'll see what happens there. Right. Are, are you with us? You, you you look like you froze on us for a minute. Are, no, are, I'm good. I, I I did one of those pause because I was going to say something. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one. You're not fooling me because you paused again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we we had another big. Uh, big thing happen in the NFL. Uh, and again, I guess it follows Jet Green Day. Take it away, Stevie D. You know, uh, it's been a it's been a great uh, 24 hours for the Jet family um, with the senior committee. Uh, pretty much just made Joe Klecko a lock for the for the senior vote uh, to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't find it for, for this show today, but I actually have, when I lived in New York, I had uh, a jet license plate with the jet helmet on it, and it said Klecko. Um, and I drove around with that that license plate for years uh, on my car um, until the Yankees finally won a World Series, and then I went to World Series plates. But um, that's how much uh, I was a fan of Joe Klecko. I actually had a, a license plate that I ran around with uh, that said Klecko on it. Some people actually tried to stare in the car thinking I was Joe Klecko. It's amazing how people are trying to look into the tinted windows to see if Joe Klecko was in the car. I'm like, Joe Klecko is a large man. He would not fit in this car. Right. So I don't know what they were thinking. Plus, the car I was driving back then, it's not a car Joe Klecko would be driving. So, but either way, I had that memorabilia. I got my my Joe Klecko jersey and my thanks to my co host here, my buddy, hooking me up with a Joe Klecko signed Joe Klecko, um, uh, a signed picture here of going up against uh, uh, Richter, the uh, offensive lineman. So, um, uh, that, Joe that's Klecko. Jim Richter. 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 Okay. Um, be Hall of Famer. Uh, number 51. So that that's that was very cool that you did that, and along with my Freeman McNeil autographed jersey. So that was, again, very nice. I tried to get into the McNeil jersey. I'm not going to lie. It's a little tight. So I decided to go with the audio. <laughs> What's the word, right? Transparency. I did try it on. A little tight. So I decided to stay I, away I, from it. We, we don't need to hear all that. You know, you're all family here. But, um, yeah, it's so really excited. Joe Klecko, if you didn't know, um, First, first player to ever be um, selected to the Pro Bowl in three different positions. That's defensive end, defensive tackle, and nose tackle. Um, he had sacks before sacks were, were recorded by the NFL. He's had a 20-plus, a 20-sack uh, season, an 18-sack season in his career. Just a dominant offensive lineman. Anthony Munoz, Hall of Famer, and Hall of Famer John Hanna uh, that played, I believe, for the Patriots, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, obviously Anthony Munoz for the, for the Bengals for, for 18, 20 years there said he was the toughest lineman they ever faced. They've been on record uh, to say that, that, that uh, on their hall of fame career, that was the one guy that, that they feared going up against. So you know, that's pretty good when, when those two hall of famers are saying that uh, about you. So congratulations to Joe Klecko and his family. It's such an honor for him to get in. Um, and uh, I listened to him today at a press conference at the, uh, at Florham Park, and man, he was a giddy school kid, right? I mean, he was just so excited, um, uh, and, and really, he thanked Greg Myers, um, 
that's a writer for the Jets that really spearheaded this campaign um, that's been trying for years to get him in the Hall of Fame. And he thanked him for really getting his name out there. And uh, as Joe said today, uh, Greg has taken a pounding from the Jet fans um, saying that you're not trying hard enough and you got to do more. And, and and Joe was quick to defend Greg and said he did everything he could. I appreciate the Jets fans' passion to, you know, help me get to the Hall of Fame. But uh, uh, nice job, Greg Myers, for, for spearheading that and helping Joe get in. Because everybody knows when you're in the senior committee, you need somebody in your corner from the from the the, the sports writers to help you get get on the ballot and, and, and work it. So I, I think he should have, should have thanked the Patriots and should have thanked the Indianapolis Colts, right? The, the teams that were in the division that he was absolutely dominating and putting up these gaudy stats and getting to the Pro Bowl, right? You, you forgot you forgot about the the red, white, and blue over there where he dominated. Uh, it, you, if you look at that picture, he's being held at bay. That's right. You know, it, they, it looks like Joe's giving a punch right, right, right in the old choppers there, right? He may be, but Jim Richard is is up for the task. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so. Uh, all right, and, and the last bit of housekeeping before we get started, Stevie D, we do have our annual fantasy football league. And so, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the, the, this is where the gloves come off. So we do have some spots available if you are interested in joining a fantasy football league. There is no cost to join, and the winner, I, we're, we're setting up a gift uh, or a prize for the winner of the league. Uh, but if, you, if you're interested, hit us up at, on IG, OW underscore sports. Hit us up on Facebook, OW Sports, uh, or send us a tweet, OW Sports 12, um, or even during the show, uh, if you're interested, hit us up, and uh, we'll we'll see if we can make a reservation available for you. So, And uh, I, I want to – let's put a challenge to, to both of us. If one of us win, uh, which we haven't won yet in the, all the time we've done it, but if we won, how about we, uh, we do a charity to one of our teams – uh, charities um, and, and do a gift if, that way. If I win, I'm celebrating. I'm finished you can in, celebrate. I'm but... in last, last, <laughs> and second last. But if we win, you know, I, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that because I had no problem uh, yeah. when uh, we had the Kansas City Buffalo challenge. I have no problem with that. So, wait, are, are we doing it? Uh, me, me versus you. No, 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 no. I'm saying if one of us win, we we select a, a charity to donate. So if I win, I'll I'll select a, a charity for the Buffalo well, what, Bills. Well, if let's you win, up you the odds. Let's up the odds. Okay. The winner between you and I, whoever has the best record or finishes the in, the, in the playoffs. Even if we go to the playoffs, hopefully we it, it comes down to the finals. That would be great. But just head to head. All right, let's do it. Mono All right. mono. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll I'll donate to a charity. Uh, Ten thousand dollars coming from you. Excuse me. <laughs> did, did I hear ten thousand? Did I hear ten dollars? <laughs> Ten stacks, baby. <laughs> I don't think the missus are going to approve that one. <laughs> you, you, it's not fair. You don't have checks and balances over there. I got checks and balances over here. <laughs> you see a whole bunch on that scared, one. You scared over there? Yes. <laughs> You're the commissioner over there, so how do I know? All of a sudden, I picked the play. Wait a minute. How did I get that guy? He's not even ranked. Scratching my head. What's going on here? The fish could be right. in. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. All right, Stevie D. It, it is Green Day, 
not not the band. This is Green Day for you. Go ahead. You know that should have been your theme music. Now that I think about it, right? Yeah. It was Green Day. You should have been playing some Green Day in the background. But with all, it's not quick enough on that one. <laughs> I struggled this to get this whole back up again. <laughs> all right. So with that being said, you know we've gone through thirty of the thirty-two teams, and and now it's down to the final two. The final, you know, the, the final two best teams in football. I mean, we didn't get the top spot at number one, but uh, I'll take the number two spot. Right? That's nothing wrong with there. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, you know, it, it's exciting to, to be a Jet fan, uh, you know, because you have tiers in the NFL, right? And, and you have tiers where you have the top teams in football, where obviously your team is there, the Chiefs, the, you know, and so on. And, and then you have the next tier of teams that are knocking on the door, to, to make that run to, to go to the playoffs, right? And then then you have that third tier of teams where they're young and they're hungry and they're starting to make that push. And you want to see how how much can they kind of push those those uh, those limits to the, the teams that are pushing uh, for a playoff spot. And then you have that bottom tier where the franchise is in, in, dis, in disarray, uh, the coaching, the staffing, the ownership, the players, it's just not good, right? So I, I consider four tiers. And I, I put the Jets in that th- third tier where they're young and exciting, there's promise there. You like this, you like what they're doing with the rebuild. And can they take that that next step to say, okay, we're not a doormat anymore in the NFL, but we're, we're here. We may not win a, a ton full of games and make the playoffs, but you know what? We're going to give you a dogfight. And we're going to win some games. We're going to lose some heartbreakers, but we're going to be in the games. And last year, those 30-point losses, I really don't see that this year out of the Jets with the revamped uh, roster that we're going to get into. So, But I do put them in, the, in that, that third tier. So, Stevie D, if I can, real quick, and we talk about it all the time, I think this is the year where you learn how to win, right? It, 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 when you talk about those different tiers, and it's so true that at that lower tier, you see teams that play their heart out, but they just they, they can't win, right? It's once you taste victory, right, no matter who it's against, and you understand what it takes to go through the post-game conference, right, speak yep. to the reporters, say the right things in, in those post-game interviews, how you conduct yourself on, on Tuesday, right, because Monday is, is usually a practice day. It, it's massage. It's stretch. You know, all of that. You're recuperating the body. But Tuesday is the off day. How do you handle the off day, Right. Are you more business? Are, are, you, are you, you know, keeping it a little bit low key? Because then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? right? Yeah. So that you can get back and win again, right? And, and the teams that you see that are consistent, and, and even though we're having, you know, success, we're not there yet, right? We're, we're just about there. But you look at those teams that have had sustained success or those players who have had sustained success, they teach the others on the team. And I think you guys – are at that point now it's we're we're good enough to win now let's win right and now let's do what we need to do to win again and again and again right, right. And, and that's when you take to that next step and i think yeah. you're there I, yeah you know i really you know joe douglas he came in at an awkward time a few years back and now he's got his legs underneath him he's got the coach that he wants and robert sala he's building a really good foundation of players. He's really utilized the draft the last two years. He's made some really good trades with other teams to bring in draft capital. We traded some good players. We got some really good players uh, picks back. We've leveraged some of those picks to move up, to give better talent. So he really 
when you look at last year's draft and especially this year's draft that we're going to tackle here in a few minutes, he's really improved the roster tenfold with young players. And then in like this offseason, he was strategic with with uh, free agent signings, right? So I'll, I'll kind of jump in a little bit with the free aging signings. To me, Lakeland Tomlinson at, at left guard is a huge signing because our offensive line was such a disaster. I mean, Zach Wilson in, in the limited time that he played last year in, in 12 games, 13 games, he was sacked 44 times, right? He's running for his life, right? A starting left tackle got hurt. Becton, George Fant moved over. Yeah, he, he solidified the left tackle, but then we had a hole on the right side. Our, 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 I mean, our right guard, Van Rotten, was awful. I mean, it's in his name. He, he just He's not a starter, right? He could be a, a spot guy as a backup, but his name tells you how he played. He, man, he was Van Rotten. Right? <laughs> I don't know how to put it. Right, uh, and he's just not a starter for the Jets. We had to use him as a starter, and it was a huge haul. You know, our- no disrespect to the entire Van Rotten family. This is just a pun being used on the name. No, he was awful. Okay, he was awful. And those comments are that of CBD, not of OW Sports. Or- <laughs> I mean, I don't know what team would sign this guy, but you sort of take. I don't know who in their right mind would sign him. They would have to be crazy. Where the heck did he go? I know he signed somewhere. <laughs> I know a team signed him. I hope they didn't sign him to start him. That's all I'm saying. I hope it was like a depth chart thing and, and you know, the third – back up to the guard or something. I don't know. But anyway, you know, we, we, our offensive line just wasn't good. Right. But Vera Tucker who came out last year as a rookie had a really good rookie year right now. He's going to slide over the right guard. So we fixed that problem with right guard. Right. And then we had it all solidified. Beckham was going to go to right tackle. Fant was going to be at left tackle. And then the big man goes down. We talked about it last week, right? Your heart breaks for the kid um, and, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden the jets right off the bat said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to sign the best guy out there. Right. And, and that was Dwayne. Right. And uh, and so uh, we signed Dwayne to a two year two twenty two million dollar contract to play right tackle. Um, but I look at at the line. I love the line of of uh, Dwayne Brown, um, uh, Vera Tucker, McGovern is the center. Not really happy with the center position, but I'm hoping the other players around it can help him. And then you got Lakeland Tomlinson and and. Uh, 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 George France. So I'm liking our line. So I thought Tomlinson was a really good signing to kind of solidify that offensive line to help Zach Wilson. And so, you know, that was step one to rebuild an offensive line. We didn't do that for Sam Darnold. He went in the toilet real quick. That kid is ruined. He'll never be a starter in the NFL. He's the Jets ruined him, right? I, and I, that is the Jets organization that ruined that kid. Whether he could have been great, we'll never know because the Jets ruined him, right? So we fixed that problem for Zach Wilson. We got an offensive line. So as I continue to 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 attack the offensive side of the ball, um, you, you draft Brees Hall, who's considered the number one back coming out of the draft. Look, there was some talented kids, right? You got you got a talented running back in Cook, right? But let, every- let me let me explain to everybody. I, I I am going to have to to funnel the inner vents as, as I listen to some things that are being said by my co-hosts. What I, 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 I said, I said he was best. considered the. I said he was considered the best running back. I didn't say it. it was, he was considered one of the best. But and I, if you listen, see, you just heard that part. I tried to give your guy Cook some credit too as being a very good running back. But and I, if you let me finish, I was going to say, but the year will will play out. But you know, he heard that, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I got my feelings hurt. I did. <laughs> I, I wasn't throwing any shade. I promise. I wasn't throwing shade, right? 
it, but uh, you know, as they said, he, he considered one of the, the one of the best running backs coming out of draft. I'll amend the statement, um, and uh, and then he, you know, he partners with second year running back Michael Carter, and all of a sudden now you got a really good one two punch out of the backfield, right? And then again in the first round, they drafted Garrett Wilson at Ohio State. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. No, nope. all right, all right. I gave you a setup there. Okay, so we we draft Garrett Wilson. Um, uh, be nice. I, I overstepped earlier, so I'm gonna be nice. Okay, I knew right. you were going for it. Yeah, that's why I'm gonna show you. So with the tenth pick, they they select Garrett Wilson, right, wide receiver. So now all of a sudden you got Elijah Moore last year, right, steal of the draft early. Elijah Moore fell. The Jets were able to grab him. Um, and he's now you got Elijah Moore, you got Garrett Wilson, two young wide receivers to go along with your young quarterback. You got a veteran Corey Davis that now you don't have to worry about trying to maybe put him at the number one, right? So now you got Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and then you have Brexton Barrios, who's kind of like that Swiss Army knife that can do the jet sweeps and, and kind of do the, the quick slants and utilize that speed he's got. Um, so now all of a sudden you're looking at it, wow, it's really good. And then you go back into the free agency side. And then you all of a sudden you revamp the whole tight end position, right? Uh, you bring in CJ Uzma. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I, I keep thinking of uh, who's Ramzada uh, that played back in the day. Um, uh, you, you, I'm, I'm just going to say CJ, um, the tight end from Cincinnati. We signed him. Um, and then we also signed Tyler Conklin, the, the tight end out of Minnesota. He went, played for the Vikings, really known for pass blocking and run blocking. But he really had some really big plays for the Vikings using the hand. So we really got that dual threat where he can block and catch. Now, all of a sudden, you got two running backs. You got two tight ends. You got your receiving core. You solidified the offensive line, right? And now you hope that Zach can come back from his injury and, and get in week one, week two, whatever it's going to be. Hopefully, you don't rush him back. Um, and then hopefully, you can see the progression for Zach Wilson as he has weapons. I'm not looking for um, – all of a sudden, a Pro Bowl out of Zach Wilson, right? Each quarterback um, uh, matures um, at different rates. Um, some can do it first year, right? Some, like Joe Burrow, was he was good, he was an awesome as a rookie, right? Herbert, awesome as a rookie, right? And you look at year two, and you're like, wow, holy cow, look how really good they are in year two. I don't know if we're going to see that kind of jump from Zach Wilson, but hopefully, from a Jet organization, you see a jump. Let, let me ask you, so as you speak about Zach Wilson, I think, um, and I want to get your thoughts on this, aside from his off-the-field shenanigans, right, his off-season uh, exploits, aside from that, right? In, yeah. in, in all oh, taking the guys to camp and, and doing the workouts? That, that I have no idea what's been going on these days. But uh, I, I've been out of town. You know, I didn't have the signal. So, yeah, isn't that what he said? Yeah, that is. But when when you look at it, and this may be good for, for Zach. And again, I want to get your feelings on this. Um, the expectation or the bar is not high, right? Especially from the, the media and maybe the fans. I think the fans are tempered with the idea that just like you talked about the stair step, right? Learning how to win. This is this may not be a, a 13 and four or 12 and five season, but if you can show me that you're getting better, if you make the mistake and then you approve upon the mistake, right? I think that that's the bar that fans are setting. 
which actually makes it good for a young quarterback, right, so that he can make those mistakes and learn from it, sit on the side, sit with Flacco, sit with whoever, and then come back either later that game or the next game and, and improve upon it. You know, the, the Jet fan base is not going to take it easy on Zach Wilson. That's just not who Jet fans are. Um, you're so thirsty for another Super Bowl victory. You're so thirsty to get Ex- this franchise. Exhibition year. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're so thirsty to have a franchise quarterback that they're not willing to accept growing pains. Um, I think the intelligent fan understands that you, you're not going to just get somebody. I mean, Peyton Manning had one of the worst rookie years of all time, right? And you just don't know when 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 that light bulb is going to click. It could be year two. It could year, be year three, right? Um, look, what bothers me about Zach Wilson is that when he makes a mistake, he tries to um, get everybody back uh, on his side really quick, and, and he loses perspective of what's the right thing to do. And the example I'll use in, in the first preseason game this year, and he didn't really learn from last year, was, yes, he threw an awful pick in the, in the, in the first drive. There's no way to describe it. I looked at very different angles. I don't know what he saw. He threw the ball. The linebacker on the cut it made the interception easily. The next drive we get the ball is where he gets hurt. He gets out of the pocket. He goes to run. Instead of just taking the five yards and going out of bounds, he decides to cut it back in to get a first down in preseason, right? But that's him trying to show the fan base that, hey, guys, I'm all in. I'm going to win. And he did a boneheaded move by doing that, and he got a bone bruise and, and a partial tear of the, the meniscus, all because he wasn't smart enough to go out of bounds and live the next play in preseason. He's got to be smarter. And to me, that's telling me he's not maturing as a quarterback. So everything that his quarterback room is telling him, right, from all the quarterbacks to the quarterback's coach to the head coach to everybody, you got to be a smart football player. There's a time to go for it, and there's a time to get down, there's time to get out of bounds. And he wasn't smart about it, and this is on him. He has to own it, and that's the immaturity of Zach Wilson. So as a a fan, you want to see him do great, but he's got to realize – there's more at stake in this than to get an extra three yards because I want to cut back inside and die for three yards to get a first down. But again, you're trying to show the fan base, I made a stupid mistake, but look at this play I can just make. you got to be smarter than that, Zach. And until he learns how to do that, he he won't take that that step as a quarterback. And that's the, that, that's just my opinion. I, I'm rooting for the kid, right? I'm rooting, obviously, I'm rooting for him to succeed. But that's that maturity that you have to get better. I, re- I remember you talking about Josh Allen, like with the fumbles, right, when he was a young guy, right? He's got to take care of the football. That was a very frustrating point. I look at Josh Allen today. He's, what, four years in, right? He, he may fumble every now and again, but he is nowhere near where he was before, right? And so he has less turnovers from his rookie. And you can see that progression each year. He's gotten better. And now look at him. I mean, he's a top, you know, I, I consider him the second best quarterback in, in football. No, I mean, I, wait, I, I, wait till I, next week, everybody. Wait till next week. You'll you'll uh, hear the truth about. You know, look, I, I put him as the MVP last year. I think he's a special kid. Um, but no, where, where I was going with this though, Steve, and I I think what you described with Zach is what Josh did, and everybody, all the Bills Mafia, all the Bills community, coaches, reporters, fans, what have you, would say the same thing. It, it was about hero ball, right? And there, it was no more evident than in that Houston Texans playoff game, right? Hero ball. You stop with the hero ball, and next thing you know, 
you skip past levels two, three, and four, and now you're in the conversation for for MVP. He still has a little bit of it in him, right? I think all quarterbacks should have that, right? It's about finding that good balance. Yeah, that balance, absolutely. Yes, right decision. Yeah. Because the good quarterbacks, no matter who you are, you think that you can fit that that football through the eye of a needle. Right, you all—they all do it. All the great ones, right? The ones that aren't great, the Rob Johnsons of the world, right? Uh, the Todd Collins, those guys, right? The game managers, right? They're—they're they're the ones, the Chad Pennington's, right? They're the ones that are checking down, right, and not really pushing it to that next level. Pushing it to that next level takes you from thirty-five to four thousand yards and puts you into that five thousand yard category because you feel as though you can do it. And nine times out of ten, you do do it. Right? Well, and, but when you're a, a top elite quarterback, I don't have a problem with you taking that chance on that throw because you have the talent, right? And, and you've built up that um, credibility. You've built up, yeah, yeah, right. To to do that and take that chance, you know, with, with Zach, he's gonna have to put. To me, I found the generalization. He's but a race. See, with that, you know, you know the situation that you can do that, right? You know that if you are, say, 35 in, right, I got three. You know in your mind I got three points, right? Do I risk a turnover, especially, you know, depending on the score? Mm-hmm. It's a, you're calculating everything. So that hero ball is still in you, but you're smarter about that hero yes, ball. Yes, correct. Yeah. Right? Man, and I agree so much. When to do it. Yeah. A, a preseason game, it, it should automatically compute – there's no need to do any of this. If, it, yeah. if I get outside, I'm going out of bounds. I'm, I'm going to go as far as I can. I'm stepping out of bounds. As long as it's not against the Jets where I'll get a cheap shot against me, I'm good. Yeah, but nice shot. Um, <laughs> for me, we use the term hero ball. And I, I know we talked earlier in the week, and I, and I also use the term hero ball. I, I actually I, I'm changing my mindset from a hero ball to immaturity. Wow. Immaturity. Yeah. Immaturity of not understanding the big picture he's been told he's like the kid has been told over and over again you got to be smarter you cannot take these risks you can't do it and you're and you're you're not doing it and and you because again you're trying to again you can call it hero ball but i'm just one i just want to atone for my mistake and i want to show the fans that i'm a gamer and i'm all in on every play And, and and it backfired and you have to realize that you have 52 other people behind you Right. You have 52 other people behind you that you're playing with. Right. And we all have to be in it together and be healthy together if we want to to take that step uh, uh, forward. And and it's not about you. It's about the team. And and I he didn't do that. And um, and I just call it immaturity. Uh, I yeah. won't call it selfish. I just call it immaturity. And those are the things he's got to fix. They just have to count on him to fix that. And uh, and so, you know, he's going to sit out four weeks at least. Um, they're saying it's an outside shot. He can do the opener against Baltimore. I wouldn't rush it back to Baltimore against Baltimore for the home opener. Look, that's the second time in his knee. He's a brace now. I don't want to hear it, Zach. You're going to have to wear a brace because obviously something's loose in there. I know they trimmed it. That's all well and good. But obviously you got a little bit of looseness in that knee, and and, and you got you got to do the right thing and put a brace on. So, you know, from the offensive side of the ball, I really love what the Jets have done. Um, in this, I say, second year of this rebuild, right? You tore it down. I mean, you had to tear this thing down the start, and they're really surrounding this kid with the weapons. And now it's going to be on the Zach. Can you make the right reads, do the right things, 
take that next step. So exciting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this football season to start because I want to see – I like to see young kids and hungry kids and, and go out there and, and, and do their thing and, and see them progress. And uh, so I'm really excited about the offensive side of the ball. For me, I've always been a defensive side of the guy. So, uh, CD, to talk, so you, you've, you've given us a lot of, of the hope, the – anything that comes with the start of a new season, right? <laughs> Um, and, and uh, the, no shade here, right? You know, there, there's the hype, there's the hope, you know, and I think it's tempered, right? And, and I think that that's at a good place. But talk to us about and, and talk to talk to everybody about the off season. You, you, you mentioned the instant sign and replace for Beckton, right? But overall, how would you grade the off season? How would you grade your draft? Yeah, so, you know, I I consider the Jets draft about an A-. minus. I don't know if I'd give it an A+, uh, just because, uh, look, you you have three first-rounders. You move up in the second round, they'll hair to get the running back. So what did you do? You you got the the name everybody talks about a corner in Ahmad Gardner. And and what I love what the Jets is doing is that the Jets are saying, we're not calling you sauce. Uh, One of the the veterans uh, came out and said, we're not calling you sauce. You have to earn that name. You want to get a nickname? You got to earn it in the NFL. So you, nobody's calling you sauce. It's Ahmed Gardner, right? So I thought that was great by the veterans to kind of who, who temper that. That said that um, it was on the defensive line. Um, I like to say it was Sheldon Rankins. Um, okay. I thought that's that's who said it. Um, was he? Is he snacks? No, that's Damian Harrison. He he left okay. years ago. Okay, snacks. What a great nickname too. Yeah, snacks. right. <laughs> I mean, that's a great name. Um, but, uh, uh, so we had Sauce Gardner at, at four, um, and then at 10, they took, uh, Garrett Wilson, um, at 20, my man, um, at, at 20, yeah, um, it was Rankins. Thanks, Joe. Um, yeah, I thought it was Rankins, um, which I thought was a great move. And then at, at 26, you know, we trade, you know, trade up and we grabbed Jermaine Johnson, the second from Florida State, your guy, uh, which I thought was a, a great, great draft pick. And then we moved up day day two and, and grabbed uh, Brees Hall. So when you think of the, the four picks, you have four immediate impacts for rookies right off the bat. So I thought he did really good. And and Max Mitchell, uh, Michael Clemens, another great draft pick. He's tearing it up. Like the veterans are like, who is this guy? Like he was like a six-round pick, and he is – He's showing so much in training camp in, 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 the, in the preseason, that one game, that the veterans are like, ooh, God, he may take my spot type of deal. So that's really great to see that late. Uh, we grabbed the Jet fan, Ruckert, right, that grew up on Long Island, New York. I think it was Lindenhurst, uh, New York, um, a couple of towns over from where I grew up. And uh, we grabbed him from Ohio State, another t- you know, the tight end. And, and on draft day, the, the son takes the call. He plays it Joe Cool. He goes into the into the box, and he picks up the jet hat. He puts it on. His father goes nuts, right? He just goes absolutely nuts, breaking out the jet chant. I mean, just great for it for for the Rocket family and growing up as Jet fans. And his son is picked by the Jets, and he gets a touchdown in his first preseason game. How awesome is that? Uh, so another good signing for a kid to let him develop over time. Um, he he could be special in the NFL. So I thought the Jets, I don't. People may say it's an A plus or, or an A. I say an A minus. It could be an A plus if the players go out and play. So yeah. on paper, it's a very good draft. But look, we've all been around this game long enough, and everybody thinks they had the great pick, and then it then it's not. 
right? And then it's not whether they don't work hard enough. Say right? Three years. You, you got three years really to tell uh, what, what the picks and what the players will do. Uh, and on paper and maybe in, in, in shells and, you know, during training camp or mini camp, everybody's looking good. Uh, but I, I think the key that makes this a good draft is that you, you addressed your need. Yes. Right? You, they were you very strategic. Very methodically in yep. your address need. Now, yep. again, we will play diamonds and pearls again for your number 10 pick at some point. Right. right? But, you know, it, as you go down, I, I think you hit on all the keys. So, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, think it, about it. They, they tried to get Tyreek Hill, right? Didn't happen, right? Uh, exactly. They tried to get A.J. Brown. It didn't happen, right? So they knew they want. They tried to address it in a trade with a team to get the 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 um, the wide receiver. They couldn't make the trade, and they got that guy Garrett Wilson from Ohio State at ten, right? You know we had Glaren Hall in the secondary because it was Swiss cheese back there. I mean, the kids did as best they could. Everybody started getting hurt, and then you're taking everybody off practice squads because you need bodies. So they dressed uh, with with Ahmad Garner at, at corner. So they did that, right? Then you needed an edge rusher because we haven't had one. We're getting Carl Lawson back who from, uh, from the Achilles heel that we signed as the free agent edge rusher last year from Cincinnati. Now he's back healthy. Now you, you pick up on the other side with Jermaine Johnson as an edge rusher. Right. Another strategic pick there. Right. I think they just want the one two punch with, with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Michael Carter doesn't have that breakaway speed. Uh, Brees Hall is, is is better in that fashion. But I think that one two tandem might remember Jet fans of of, um, of Thomas Jones in in '09 and Sean Green in '09, and then a little bit of Ladanian Tomlinson in '010 with Sean Green in '010. Right. So now you got your two back, much younger, much younger running backs. That can give you that one-two punch, and, and we can stay healthy. Plus, we still got Tevin Coleman and and, uh, and Perrine um, uh, as running back. So, and, and Ty Johnson is still there. That, that's the way of the league these days. Yeah. Right? It, it is all about that that one-two yeah. punch. Maybe yeah. not so much in Tennessee, in Tennessee, where you have um, you know the king over there, or what they want to call the king, uh, the broken-down mule is what I'm going to call him. But uh, you know. Every team seems to have that one-two punch now um, between the running backs. So, right. so, so I, I just think the draft was really good. I call it an A minus. It could be A plus if they play. You know, at the end of the day, whether you rate it at, at the year one, is it a B because they don't play, or did it go A plus because they were impact players, right? So, I, I thought the draft was really good. They were strategic and, and great job with Joe Douglas and Robert Soller pairing together, having that two-year plan. It was a two-year plan to rebuild this. They last they used last year's draft really offensively. This year, they addressed two huge needs on the defensive side of the ball, and they continued to get weapons for Zach on the offensive side of the ball. Really great, uh, really great draft uh, for the Jets. That's so, normally don't have great drafts. Jeff fans will tell you we normally don't have these great depth uh, drafts, and we and I thought we we had two in a row. So when I when I I'm going to ask you about free agency. When I look at what Joe Douglas did. Uh, you know, when, when he first got there to, to New Jersey, when I, when I watched what he was strategic, what he was strategically doing, right, uh, was kind of like very methodically shifting out the dead weight, shifting out yeah. the players that weren't contributing, but kind of backfilling with kind of just filler, right? And the reason why I call him filler is because they weren't signed to the long-term deals. He, he, really wasn't putting up the money, but I didn't see the big signing this year, 
right? It, it, is that is that part of the? I think the it's plan? great. I think that's great. I think it is part of the plan. Uh, I don't like uh, giving out big money to free agents, especially when your team is not ready for it, right? Um, oh, Chris Ivory, 33. He was a beast, man. He was. Um, it, it, it's the – when you're not ready and you sign it – like a couple of years ago, they went out and got Tremaine Johnson. We weren't ready for Tremaine. He wasn't ready to live up to the contract. It didn't work out. You have to be ready if you're going to give the money to a player, right? I thought C.J. Mosley – I love C.J. Love him. He's a beast. Did the Jets right move to sign him? No, we signed him because the Jets have been so cheap that you have to spend your salary cap after a certain amount of time. If you don't spend it, you get in a lot of trouble. So what happens is you wind up doing out more money for players because you have to get to 98% of your cap you have to spend. So, But, again, C.J. Mosley is a great signing. In the past, we signed guys when we shouldn't have signed it because – the Johnson has been notoriously cheap and then eventually you have to pay the players, but that's a, another conversation for another day on, on, on that. But I think the way Joe Douglas has done it and you talked about the short contracts, easy contracts to get out of one, we're not ready for that, right? He knew this had to be a tear down and rebuild. He probably went into the jet organization saying, look, I'm just telling you right now in the 20 years I'm in the business, uh, this roster stinks, right? When he took it over with Adam Gase, right? It stinks. I mean, I, I, there was, I mean, any Jeff Hammond tell you, it was a horrible roster, right? That, that one year they were saying we're, we're not going to win a game, right? A horrible roster all the way through, a horrible roster. So Joe probably says we got to turn this over. And so he went and got bits and places, two-year contracts, three-year contracts, $10 million, you know, players uh, for three years, you know, kept, kept it low. Now, if you look at this offseason, what I thought was really good the, our, our biggest signing was Lake Lakin Tomlinson, right? Which I thought was a really good sign on, on left guard. But you got Jordan Whitehead from Tampa. Really team-friendly deal. Nothing you, you didn't break the bank for, for Jordan Whitehead. So you got the safety, right? Now all of a sudden you need another corner to, to pair with Amon Gardner. You sign DJ Reed, right? Good scheme fit DJ Reed. Right. Then then you go out and, and uh uh you you re-sign Lamarcus Joyner. He was hurt last year. Right now, you got Lamarcus Joyner, a veteran, with with um, with uh, Jordan Whitehead up top. You go in the middle, you got CJ, and then you go to the defensive line, and we signed some guys: Solomon Thomas, right? Two twenty eighteen, he came out twenty eighteen uh, with the Forty Nine ers with Robert Sala. He did he played his best football under Robert Sala on the defense. So let's go through the defensive line. Not not free agents. I'm just going to go through the line. You got Jermaine Johnson. I'll put him out there as the rookie, right? You got Jonathan Franklin Myers. He's a stud. We re-signed him last year. We finally paid somebody. He was a re-signing that we paid, right? You got Quentin Williams, Sheldon Rankins, Vin Curry, Solomon Thomas, Carl Lawson, Nathan Shepard. I don't want to say the name because the guy just does stupid penalties. Joe, you know what I'm talking about, Joe, with these stupid penalties that Nathan Shepard has. I'm yelling at the TV, get him off the field. That's why I can't be a coach. I would have said, take your helmet off your pants. Get the hell out of here with these stupid penalties. You're killing me on third down, Shepard. Killing me. But uh, I say, so when you when you think of that defensive line rotation, right, you you signed Vin Curry, you re-signed him because he, he, he was sick last year. Um, his son, and he, he took out a football um, for a year, right? Solomon Thomas is a free agent. So I think re-signing Vin Curry who didn't play, right? You're getting Carl Lawson back. You got Solomon Thomas. And you look at what Salah did with the 49ers. 
he has eight defensive linemen that he can rotate. And we got some big boys up there that can get it done. So now all of a sudden, your whole defensive line is really good. Now, so what do you need? You need your spine, your safety, your middle linebacker, and your defensive line, right? You got to have that, that center. We have that, right? You go to the linebacker core. You got CJ, like I mentioned. You got Quincy Williams. I love me Quincy Williams. He's got to play smarter. The hit he did on Jalen Hurts is inexcusable. And I don't think he had the intent to give him the late hit out of bounds. And I talked to you about this before. I'm going to relate to some of our Madden fans. There's a there's a, a column called Awareness, okay? Right? We also talk about driving with peripheral vision, right? You got to drive like this. You can't drive like this. Quincy Williams plays like this. Jet fans, Joe, you know this, right? I'm not telling you anything. How many times did Quincy Williams get out of interception? If he ran with his somewhat his head up, he's like a missile, and he runs this way, and balls just hit him in the face mask because he's, he's just trying to go after the receiver. And you got you have to play like this, right? You got to play like this. How, how do you change somebody who's playing? I don't know. For I don't know. Plus years. I don't know that, and I but that's just why because your brother right. is good, and because right. your brother is performing. Well, doesn't mean that the other brother is. No, right. But but there's so much good about Quincy. That's a problem. Like, I mean, I looked at the hit that he hit on Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry probably said, I've never been hit like this before. I mean, he stopped Der- Derrick Henry in his tracks and blew him up, right? Um, off the helmet twice, yeah, right? Um, and so it's like he's got the potential. I don't know if you can fix it, but he do- he's a great tackler. Sound tackler, like you don't you don't break a tackle from Quincy Williams. He's fast. He's physical. He's got the ten rating for awareness in Madison. So I, I'm, I'm and again, I'm not showing throwing shade. This is this is Green Day, right? But what I what I am saying is that at what point do you say that at least in our system in our house? I need you to be have, be full 360, and you're only giving me 80. I mean, you're great. You are great, but Look, you're no, you're good, but you could be great, but you're never going to realize that greatness, and, and you have to move on. So, because so is it a that. detriment to your team to have him out there miss key interceptions, pick up pick up personal foul penalties that that you you just know that you shouldn't. Right. Are you more of a detriment? So, so Robert Sala addressed that in the press conference. He said he had no intention of taking him out of the game. He says that is something that Quincy knows he has to clean up in, in his game. And he says that he basically has to figure it out if he wants to reach his max potential that he can be. Because if he fixes that part of his game, that awareness factor, he could be an absolute beast. How, and how, if long, he does, do you how long well, do you wait? Well, we only had him a year, right? So in, in the system a year. So look, we've seen you know players get a longer leash that that does do stupid things. So uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. stop right there. That's the problem with so many teams. Yeah, that's but you're, but see, right now the Jets linebacking core is weak. That's that's the weak part of our game. We are weak at linebacking. I'll, I'll still challenge you on that. Right, two things. I'll challenge you on the leash because you and I have had these conversations. Right. How long does that leash need to be? We can see in training camp, we can see in practice, we can see in games. You know instantly whether or not this guy is going to reach that potential, has the work ethic, 
right? Is he grinded 24 by 7? Or are you hoping that that light bulb comes on that he will? Well, when's that going to be? Three years? Well, if, it, if it's years not this year, year. If, it's not, if it's not this year under the Jets, then I then you have to move in a different direction because he's got – like, he got cut from the Jaguars. When you get cut from the Jaguars and Urban Meyer, uh-oh, yeah, that's going to be something. Uh-oh, uh-oh, we have a special guest. Greetings from the plane. She's watching from the plane. All right. Oh, that's oh. what I'm talking about. But love you, Steve. This love you, Steve. You know, this this rating is going to be rated R here in a second. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, oh. Show us some love. By the way, happy birthday, Mrs. D. Yes, happy birthday on the plane. You're selling me out, <laughs> Buffalo. Uh, but. Um, um, uh, yeah, they're on the way to California for a college visit. Um, so we're excited about that and baseball camp there in, in, in San Francisco state university. So, uh, nice. we'll see how that goes, but, uh, um, to, to finish that oh, linebacker core is, is the weak spot. Um, and, uh, but I, I want to hit the corners here. So we talked about, uh, DJ Reed signing. Uh, we, we talked about, uh, Ahmad Gardner. And when you look at, one of the real weak spots last year, obviously we didn't generate enough good pass rush. We addressed that again. We got our pass rush specialist coming back from IR and, and we got Jermaine Johnson. So we got some edge rushing, but when you think of lack of pass rush and inexperience at the corner, now all of a sudden you bring in a, in a DJ Reed that's got experience. Um, Robert Sala it, it knows DJ Reed, right? And then you add, the talented rookie again. We don't know. Is he going to be great? We don't know. But the expectation is at number four, he's going to be an impact player. So hopefully that works out for the Jets. That, but that slides um, uh, Bryce Hall, who I thought was asked to do a lot. Uh, now less pressure comes on him and allows him to excel because he did some really good things, right? And then you have um, uh, Brendan Eccles. Brendan Eccles as a rookie was not supposed to be our number one corner or number two corner and was kind of forced into it with injuries. And so he got a lot of great and so did Hall got a lot of great playing experience, some good and some bad. And I love the bad because it will make you better. If you're hungry, the bad will make you better because you're going to learn from those mistakes and get better. But now they're not forced to be the number one and number two corners. So I, 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 cause I think they're good and can be good but it takes that pressure off of them. So I'm real excited about how the secondary is shaping up for the Jets, especially on, on the back end safety in the corner. Um, so it's just it, – I'm excited on both sides of the ball. I'm a defensive side of the guy. I, that's what I love. And I, I, I think this year it's going to bring so much fun and excitement to watch these kids grow because we're still the youngest team in the NFL. So you're going to have those growing pains, right? You hope that the veterans can step up and, and bring these young kids along and show them what winning's about, how to close a game. So it's another thing we struggled with at times is closing out the second half. We had leads and we let it go. That's how you started this, right? That's the learning how to win, right? So if you had that last year, this is where you improve upon that, right? And and you just start stacking. You may not stack eight, nine, ten in a row, but stack two, right? Yeah. If you fall, that's okay. You get back up. That's a learning process, how to rebound from from a loss. And then you, you get another one, stack two, maybe three, right? The season may end with you with eight wins, but if you look back and you see how you were able to grow and to recover, I mean, I, I do think that where you are now, you are on the path for success, right? Yeah. You probably won't reach the pinnacle because of no. 
No, we we get that. But right, you're you're on that path. Stevie D, as we as you know, we start to bring some of this, bring it in. Yeah. 17 game season. Schedule first, first nine first nine games is real rough, right? It's real rough, right? We got we got Baltimore. Well, Cleveland is going to be tough, but they're not going to have a quarterback, right? So maybe you you get a little lucky. Tony Brissett is already in prime to go. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll just leave it at that. Um, So you got Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, right? Pittsburgh is always tough, uh, even though they're still going through the quarterback. You start out Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati? Yes, the whole division. And then Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? No, that's literally how we start off. The home opener against the Ravens at Cleveland, home against the Bengals at Pittsburgh, first four weeks of the year. These schedule makers never cease to amaze. I did yeah. not. We got the whole. We'll knock out the whole division in the first month of the season. But then, then, then we got then we're home at Miami, right? At Green Bay, at not Denver. Good. How come Miami doesn't come come there when it's cold? Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Um, yeah. But then, then uh, at Denver, so our first nine, then, then New England, and then Buffalo. So it's a tough stretch, you know, in the beginning. But you know what? That you know, is a tough stretch, man. It, it it is. But again, from a Jets perspective, look, it would be great to say you go ten and seven. The reality is, you're not going ten and seven. But what we're looking for is that that progress. Our rookies grow. Zach grows. You know, at some point, whether it's this much, or I'm going off camera, this this much or this much, you got to see that growth out of Zach, and you just want to see the the team grow, win a couple of tough games, and maybe you shouldn't have won. In the, in the games that people said you have no chance, man, let it go down to the wire in the fourth quarter because you're going to grow, you're going to grow a, as a team, and you're going to get more hungry. And, and so, uh, you know, realistically for me, I I've said it, I, I I would love seven, I love eight, but I'm expecting seven wins. Is is that and, that and that that's that growth, right? Um, that that you're looking for a little bit of growth. We're not going to be the Cincinnati Bengals because really the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson, and Joe Burrow was able to to sling that ball around and what you expect out of a quarterback. And I don't Zach's not at that point, so I I, I would be happy with seven, love eight, uh, anything more than that. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I'm just trying to be a realist uh, with the Jets at seven and eight. Uh, would be, I, I, I'm going to say something that, that's going to shock you. I think the Jets are going to battle the Patriots close for the um, second-place team in the division. You know, there, there's so many factors, right? Look, I love this roster. I really do. But it's a lot of, hmm, are the rookies going to do it, right? Is Can we stay healthy? Look, Jeff has known the last five years, it's a joke, like, how do we keep our training staff here? Like sure. we're we're getting hurt. The whole team falls apart. I mean, you, you, you can't you can't put that into the mix. You, you you can't on the injuries, right? We have to assume that every team is going to be healthy from week one to, to seventeen, right? And, week three, we're done. We got eight guys, twelve guys on the IO by week three. That's right? the only way you can make your pick, right? You, you're, you're right. If, if you're healthy, I I call it seven eight. I, I got to be honest with you. I am not excited about the Patriots roster. I'm not excited for their play calling. Well, it's not for the negative of the Patriots. Maybe it is as much, but I think it's more to – why am I saying this? I think it's more to the pro of the green, right? It's green day. So, you know, I, here I am speaking about the Jets in a positive light. But I do think that – This is the majority I, of me, though, folks. I don't have a problem speaking nice about the Buffalo Bills. 
right? I don't have a problem with it. I think the Buffalo Bills are a very good football team. Don't buy into this. I'm being set up. There's there's something coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> Something's coming. I don't know where it is. Here's my shoe. I'm throwing a shoe at you. But, uh, so, uh, but, yeah. we, we have a little, little bit of a change up here. It's There it is. <laughs> All right. It, it is. Look, look, you're, you're over there laughing, but it's time, right? This is the spot in the show where sometimes you just have to get things off your chest, right? And I know we said we're not going to beat, well, beat, keep beating the drum. But for this segment, I do want to talk about this because – I, I, I'm glad and I hope that this saga is put to bed. And, and I'm referring to Deshaun Watson. I am hoping that it's put to bed. All right. I don't want to hear about this for another 17 weeks plus whatever and then leading into it. Right. So, Deshaun, don't appeal. Right. And hopefully this was a negotiated 11 games. Right. Moreover, I think that the Players Association needs to get rid of DeMar Smith. Has to happen immediately because you are set up for failure all throughout. And just like the judge said, which no matter what happened today, the reason why is that the NFL failed to execute properly in its punishment of players in the past. And so the precedent was set, and so six games was given, right? To your point, they had egg on their face. And so with that egg on their face, then they said, well, we got to change this, right? It's up to you, Demore Smith, or new player who is head of the NFLPA, or new person who's head of the NFLPA, to come in and take a hard line against Roger Goodell and against the owners of the NFL. Because it is your job to fight for the rights of the players. And it is your job to make sure that what happened to Deshaun doesn't happen to another player that comes along in the next two, three, five, ten years, right? You have got to reset. And now is the time to strike. Just like in anything, there are ebbs and flows. And right now, the ebb of the NFL is just – it just keeps growing, right? They don't understand that there's a flow coming, right? It's going to come down a little bit, right? But right now it just keeps going up. And right now is your time because you have the players. The players are what makes the NFL, right? We would love to say that it's the city. We would love to say that it's the colors that we have, but it's not. It's the players, it's the desire to have those 53 people that are on your team rise to the top and win that exhibition game, right? Um, that's what I'm going to call it. But to win that exhibition game, wearing the colors of your city, right? We all saw what happened back in 87. We all saw what happened back in 82, right? We still had the same colors, right? But all of a sudden, you, you had the Dan Minucci's of the world. Right, the Willie Tottens of the world, like that were going out there. Yeah, you weren't s selling out eighty thousand seats at at, at uh, 
you know, at the Rich Stadium. That wasn't happening, right? People were all standing outside talking about, I miss football. And, you know, are there tryouts for the team? Because maybe I can make the team. And then when Kelly and Thurman and Bruce, and, and that was just in Buffalo, you go to other cities. When they started to return, all of a sudden the fans came back. So you know that you have the capital. You know you have the stranglehold on the, on the owners, and they do too. But right now you're allowing them to dictate. You're allowing them to, to call all of the shots. And for the fact that Roger Goodell is actually oversees the appeals, the fact that Roger Goodell can appoint his buddy to be the arbitrator of the appeals is a broken system. So it is up to the Players Association. And I'm not calling for a strike because, oh, man, I would die if there's not football on week one. But I think for the benefit of the players and the benefit of the league, you have got to do something. And you have got to do it now. If you continue to wait, who knows what's going to happen later on down the line. And to the fans, think about this one. We don't know exactly what happened with, with Deshaun Watson. We don't know. We weren't there, right? We hear the stories. But imagine if that was your team. Imagine if your player, and I'll have some fun with you, CBD. Imagine that the retirement community in Floral Park, New Jersey, said that Zach Wilson was coming around and he was hitting on all of the elderly geriatric women and they were suing, right? You know, he likes the Cougars, right? He, he likes them older. So just imagine, right? He likes the Cougars. <laughs> he doesn't like the geriatric. <laughs> but but in all in all in all fairness, right? In all fairness, imagine something was done and there were allegations that were cast in the players yeah. player's name. And now he's fighting for his reputation, right? That's something that he may not have done. And now you don't have the strength of your union to protect your player. And now your season is lost because of that. It is yeah, well, more Smith to be that person. To I'm not saying to be the savior or the rep, or the replacement of Demore Smith to be the one to make sure that the players are treated justly, right? If you commit the crime, then you have to do the time. No problem with that, right? But when the facts don't prove it out, and you're only assuming and you're only guessing. Do not have my player sitting for 11 games. If well, you know, cannot charge him. Don't have my player sitting for 11 games. <laughs> you say that he's doing something against the shield, you're doing it worse. So, man, you said a lot there, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree a lot. You know, you and I have talked about it. Um, the, uh, the players' union needs a shakeup, right? There needs to be a shakeup there. And so uh, I agree with, you know, changing uh, player union rep uh, out of DeMora Smith. I do believe that the NFL is uh, – it's so one-sided that when the CBA goes to expire, the NFL so far ahead as owners from the players – that the players are going to have to have a sacrifice on something to change that. 
right? And it may have to be money. Oh, why? why? Because we talked why? about it. It's like the, it's like our country, right? You have the two percent of the rich and make all more money than everybody else in this country, right? And so when but you talk about the young they, they they have the biggest bargaining chip, and that's their name. That's their name. Sure, they they do they do. Um, but when you're talking about now, look, we haven't seen that since 87 where they, where they did the scabs. Right. Um, uh, I just think the NFL, the NFL and the players are, are this far apart on where it should be. Even if you look at baseball, right. It's probably the, the difference between owners and players is like here in the NFL. It's here. Right. At the end of the day on the CBA, I, I, I agree. You got, you got to cut that out. There can't, you can't have an owner, um, a, a commissioner, being able to dictate what he can and then select arbitrators that he knows that's in his back pocket. Uh, you're, you're going to get to stack. You can't win. You cannot win. Uh, it's mind boggling to me that that can happen. And then the owners get away. Robert Kraft doesn't get anything. I mean, he got away scot-free for that. Seriously. I mean, we joke about it, but he got away scot-free. He absolutely lost the whole thing on tampering. And then, that the 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 lawsuit that Brian Flores brought in about uh, tanking, right? You mentioned it last week. That's like a non-story now about the tanking, right? But owners are not Daniel Snyder, the worst of the worst owners, right? The worst of the worst owners. I mean, Stephen Ross is just a right. He's just I don't know. He he just doesn't impress me as 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 a person, right? Dan, right? He's like an airhead. It just comes across that way to me, right? But I look at Daniel Snyder. He's got big problems. The way he runs that organization, right? It, it's been brought up from the cheerleaders to other women in the organization saying there's a culture there. If anybody should be forced to sell that team, right, is Daniel Snyder, right? I, I don't know who, who put that in the chat. I didn't see the name. I, I kind of read it. The Brady thing, right? Demetrius, uh, right. Demetrius, right. right. The Brady thing is another thing, right? Um, and, and where they pick and choose. Um, and and, that, and, and that, that's exactly it, right? You pick and Look choose. at Antonio Brown. Wait, wait, hold on. Antonio Brown, I wanted to bring this up because the Antonio Brown one, as much as we'll talk about Deshaun Watson, the and, and Deshaun, that one bothers me because of what happened last year and he sat out. I still think there was a gentleman's agreement between that. Right, it, it's just weird. Why would the Texans pay a player that said I'm not going to play for you, but yet I'm not going to fine you or suspend you to recoup any of that money? Eh, something stinks, damn sorry. Uh, but the Antonio one, the Antonio Brown one, really kind of is the cusp of a lot I have with the NFL that bothers me. So Antonio Brown, what what did he do to get suspended the eight games? What did he do? I forgot what he did, but he what got suspended like eight games. What? Was it what he did down at his house with uh, the domestic violence? Yes. All? Okay. Yeah. So so he gets cut. He's not on a team. Nobody's signing Antonio Brown because they fear the suspension. So the NFL doesn't suspend him. They wait for him to sign a contract, and then eventually suspend him eight games. Right? Meanwhile, he could have been signed the previous year Missed games. He missed games the previous year. But teams were afraid to sign him because they didn't know what the suspension was going to be. Well, the NFL says, I can't suspend him because he's not on the team. No, you can suspend him 
So that means nobody will sign him because he is suspended. Because if he's suspended, he can't help me. Doesn't help me to sign him, and then I get hit with a suspension. It's backwards. You have to suspend the player. So he can't he, he can't make money anyway. Why aren't you suspend him? Because he's not making money, and you can't take the money for the suspension. And that's why they don't do it, because they can't put the money in their pocket. And that's fundamentally wrong. That is fundamentally wrong. If you did, if you did something wrong, they have to pay the price and be suspended right there where he can't sign a contract because you are taking money away from the player because that's what it should be. It shouldn't be taking money and putting it in your pocket. It's making the player feel the pain of making the mistake. And you're, it's a double – it's like double jeopardy. You're getting hit twice with a suspension. Yeah. And that is my problem I have with the NFL more than anything. So, so yeah, I like the passion. Uh, Dimitri brought up a, a, a few points here uh, while you were talking or, or maybe what I saw you. He said – Watson brought this out to himself, 55 different massage therapists in one year. This, this is true, right? We, we understand that. Um, you know, no, nobody here uh, from OW Sports has um, given him carte blanche and said, you know, it's okay, right? Deshaun Watson is guilty of bad judgment. That That's what we've said all along, bad judgment, right? Um, and then Dimitri, you know, again, thank you for the post. You, you put up, why would you pay off 24 women if you're innocent, right? I feel worse for Ray Rice, who made a mistake, but owned up to it. It seemed to have been blackballed for out of the league. We've talked about Ray. Ray's problem is that it was caught on video, and Ray's problem is it was during the quote-unquote Me Too era. That was Ray's problem. It, it was timing, and it was a bad video. That That, that video was – Probably the worst that I've ever seen, from the punch in the elevator to dragging her out with her hair. Oh. That that's the worst I've ever seen, right? When we talk about Deshaun, and again going back to Deshaun, bad judgment, right? What ultimately with Deshaun is that it, it has been very clear is that there were no criminal charges filed, right? They went to the grand jury, couldn't do anything. They said that there was no there there in order to bring any type of charges against Deshaun. Now, why would you pay the 24? We talk about this all the time, right? You, you either fight it, right? But if you fight it, your name stays on page one, mm -hmm. right? You need this to get out of the newspaper. You need this to get buried as deep as possible, regardless if you did it or you didn't. We don't know the terms of the settlements, right? But the quicker you make those settlement payments, the, the further it goes from page one to page two to page 10 to page 12, and it's sitting in the back, right? And now all of a sudden it's gone. And you don't have to hear about it. You don't have to talk about it. Maybe there'll be that one reporter, hey, you remember back in yeah. 2022? And how much did you actually, you know? But for the most part, you can move on, right? And it's the unfortunate thing for athletes. It's the unfortunate thing for celebrities. Right. When you do have these accusations that come against you, you have to kind of weigh. Right. It's that risk reward we talk about. Right. The risk. I want to fight and clear my name. The reward is not heavy for you when you do that. Right. Because a lot of times you never get to the point that especially when it comes out that you've cleared your name, it's usually buried as well. Right. But you've gone through this period of time where you've lost endorsements, you've lost sponsors, you've lost money, you've lost the legal fees to fight. Right. Whereas you think about it, OK, if I pay you one hundred thousand dollars. Right. And basically just we'll just throw off raw numbers. If he paid one hundred thousand dollars, two point four million dollars that he paid out. Right. That two point four million buries the story. 
hopefully in two years later, or not hopefully, but maybe for him in two years later, he'll be able to get an endorsement deal for $2.4 million, right? He's got a contract waiting for him that's going to pay him in excess of $245 million. So you get that out of the way, and then you can go forward. Go ahead, Stevie. So this comment is not about, for me, it's not about what Deshaun did, right? It's if you take Deshaun out and what he did and you just look at the fundamentals of a punishment and the structure of how the NFL handled it is the problem I have. You're right. He brought himself in that, that spot. He did that. But regardless of what he did, I'm just talking about the, 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 the punishment, how it was handled by the NFL is the problem I have is the fundamental problem. And the way this whole thing was handled is it, just absolutely ridiculous by the NFL and how they handle punishments. And this is just another example how it's it's just their way of the highway. The NFL didn't get what they wanted, and then they, they appealed. And I know it was their right to appeal, but the man was suspended for six games. I still think they shouldn't have been allowed to appeal. They won. The judge ruled because you didn't like what they say, we're going we're gonna to appeal it. Right. And, and so we can appeal it and get more. I just I just didn't like it. Um, uh, I just didn't like the way the whole NFL uh, ha- handles punishment. Uh, it's just got to change. So, so Demetri, you, you, you are on fire and, and I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, just going through some of the going through some of the comments. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you, you definitely have to listen to some of our past episodes because we go into the Ridley suspension. Yeah. Right. We didn't talk as much about – we did talk about Kareem Hunt, but I will say with the Ridley one, right, and then we're going to have to wrap this one up here. But yeah, the, I do want to finish with one thing that was not scheduled to kind of talk about before oh, we cut. Absolutely. With the Ridley suspension, right, it's not ridiculous, but it is the fault of the NFL, right? The integrity of the game is at stake when you allow your players to place bets – regardless if it's on their team, but on teams there in the NFL, right? You have got to take a hard stance. What we talked about is that where the NFL is also wrong is by getting in bed with all of these casinos and betting companies and going to Vegas, right? It's not it's not a hypocrisy here, but it, it's it, both two sides are at, are at fault here, right? But Ridley knows better. Right. You're a grown adult. Right. And these guys should know that if I place a bet, everybody's heard about Pete Rose. Right. It may be baseball, but it still applies. Right. Everybody's heard about Shoeless Joe. Right. It may be baseball, but it still still applies. They may not have heard about Art Sleister. Right. But it applies. Right. Guys, you have got to be smart. You have got to make good decisions. Right. And the fact of the matter of you decided to make a bet, a casual, friendly bet. But now you cost yourself 17 games. You cost yourself a season off of your time there in the league. That's not good. That is not good, right? And each player needs to to atone for themselves for what they do, right? I don't have a lot of sympathy, especially as grown men, when you make dumb decisions. I have more sympathy when you're getting railroaded and the decision that you made was fair. It was a good, good, solid judgment. But you somehow you get screwed. 
right? Like Steve Tasker not being in the Hall of Fame. I have sympathy for Steve Tasker. Just to let you know, somehow Steve is getting in that veterans committee. I don't care. I don't care if I have to walk into camp myself okay. and create a bus and put Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame. He okay. deserves it. Here you go. Here you go. I'm going to give you the Steve Tasker one. Deion Sanders this week came out and talked about the Hall of Fame. Ah, yes. Oh, right? wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I did not know you were going there. Did not know. No, no. That it's time. Wait a minute. No, I'm, I really wasn't going. Okay, thank you. I wasn't. I'm not going into because there's a point I do have to make. I want to mention before I before we we uh, go off the air tonight. But um, Deion Sanders came out and says the Hall of Fame is watered down, and it's the first time you've heard a Hall of Famer come out and and and, and speak to it of being watered down. And he made mention on um, he made mention on game changing players should be in the Hall of Fame. Right. And, and, and to the point for Steve Tasker is what I'll say is Steve Tasker created a position on a roster. Nobody had a special team spot on a 53 man roster. That's okay? my guy. That's my, that's my boy right there. Listen to okay. him. Right. And I'm being fair. I'm as fair as they come with this. When, when you talk about a game changer, Steve Tasker created the Michael Slater position. He created the Larry Izzo position. Steve Tasker was the first one. When you go on and you want to make this team, you have to make it as a special teamer. Okay? That's how you're going to make the team. You have to make it as a special teamer and then hope you get your shot as a wide receiver. Steve Tasker started that by creating that spot. And he was the best to do it. He was the first one to do it. And he was the best one to do it. And when you're talking about game changes for the NFL, it shouldn't matter that that's all – and that's he did more than just special teams because he was a wide receiver as well for the for the Bills, right? But he's known as a special teamer. He was the first to do it, and he should be recognized in the Hall of Fame because he created that fifty-three spot, the fifty-three um, uh, man spot out of that, right? And so um, that's that's me as a Jet fan saying Steve Tasker, the Buffalo Bills, should be in the Hall of Fame for that for those reasons. Well, a tip of the cap to you, sir. A tip of the cap. I appreciate it. Well, listen, uh, this this is Green Day. I got I got I got one point. I and before you wrap it up, I gotta say one more well, thing. Well, one one more thing before you All say right. that one more thing. Just right. want to let everybody know. We're never getting off. Again, hit us up on IG OW Sports OW underscore Sports. Hit us up on Facebook OW Sports, Twitter OW Sports Twelve. We have the Fantasy League. We have the challenge, the the mano a mano challenge as well. Uh, if you're looking for a spot, we'd love to have you, uh, you know, just uh, hit us up and, uh, you know, we'll make sure that we can save a spot for you. All right, Stevie D. So last night I watched a two episode as a two-parter on Netflix on Manti Teo, a documentary on that. Catfish Manti Teo? Yeah. Yes. I, I, if you have Netflix, go out and watch it. Um, it, it is a, a truly amazing story. What happened? Um, I, I tell you, I, yeah, I had the jokes. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is not being endorsed by Netflix, Manti Teo, Notre Dame, the San Diego Chargers, or Roger Goodell in the NFL. Go ahead. And Thank you. And so, but it, it was, it's an interesting story and how 
the catfisher and right. I don't know what they call it. Right. Uh, but what that person did uh, to, to Manti to the stuff that you didn't know behind the scenes, it was, it was, it was really a, an interesting uh, couple hours of watching the story and how it unfolded and how it started. Uh, very bizarre. Um, and uh, all right. So now we're going to go longer. Manti Teo's time in the NFL was very brief, right? Yeah. It was very brief because he was an average linebacker at best, but played for a a, a top notch premier college, you know, uh, team organization, whatever you want to call it. Look, but the whole catfishing thing did that help to rise his stock? Because well, again, we're talking average at best, who was out of the league after three. But but but. but. You know, we've seen a lot of players that were great college players that didn't get it done in the NFL. Zach Wilson. Uh, he played. Soft wow. wow, taking shade. <laughs> Green Bay's not over yet, baby. Green Bay's not over yet. Come on now. <laughs> All right, I see how you want next week's show to go. Okay, no, but um, it, it's you. You do have that right with some players are just doesn't transition, and when you watch it, um, when you watch the episode. Uh, this, especially the second one, and he gets into um, his NFL playing days and how, as a young man, what happened going into the NFL. I, I don't think he really had a shot to succeed because his mental, he he was out of it, and and I think it was a, it was a good thing for me because I know I made fun of him. Like, how could that be possible, right? How can it be possible? But you you watch it, you you you'll learn a little bit about why it happened and how it happened. And, uh, you know, some people get scammed. Sometimes you're just really good. Even though you didn't have a girlfriend, you just had a, you know, talking relationship. You called him your girlfriend. I mean, but it was the signs that he missed that now, like, unbelievable. So, anyway, it was interesting that it was coming out. And, Don't give it away. Now, now you've given homework to our listeners, right? It's like yeah. we're back in 10th grade. So go hey. home, watch it on Netflix, and then write up a book report, bring it back, and then, Stevie yeah. D, you're going to have to grade these book reports. Uh, on the catfishing scandal of just so you know, I give ice to everybody, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> All right, well, th this was a good one, it was Green Day. Um, and, and you know, we learned a lot, right? I think, I think of the same mindset, same ilk, uh, as far as you know, where the progression is for the Jets. I, I do think that there's going to be very quietly, there's going to be more wins than you think, right? You're at seven. I'm, I'm at eight, nine-ish cusp, right? I think there's going to be a definite challenge within the division, but we'll see. But, Stevie D, you, you know what next week is. The Bills make me want to shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Oh, boy, are we ready. The AFC East defending champions are on stage. Team 32 of 32. Get ready for the full breakdown. We're going to go over offense. We're going to go over defense. We're going to talk about the punt guy. All right. Yes, 75. The punt god? The, the punt air. god. <laughs> that is right. The punt god. The weapon of all weapons is in Buffalo. And I, I kid you not, he is the weapon. I mean, by far. If you are stuck at, in your own zone, say you get a holding penalty. First and 20, you only get a couple yards, maybe another penalty. No worries. Come on, Matt. Come on out, buddy. <laughs> Let him launch an 80-yard punt and change the field. Oh, it's so good. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about that. 
uh, you know, hopefully there's a couple folks that we have lined up, you know, to come on, you know, hopefully they do it. If not, Hey, I can go on for an hour. I can go out for two hours. I can go out for three hours. I will keep going in a marathon until our next preseason game. That's right. I can keep rolling because it's so much fun to talk about what's happening in the 716. We haven't been in this position in so long, and I know Bill's Mafia is loving where we are. We're taking even the bandwagoners. Come on board. Sign a little contract that you're going to stay with us at least for three years. Right? You can't just get on and get off. But you stay on for, you know, a few years, right? And and then then you can go, right? And then and life is good. But enjoy the ride, right? And once you get on, you'll probably never want to get off, right? Because Bill's Mafia, we're crazy. We're crazy. We love to have fun. We love to party, and we support. So it's going to be fun. But, you know, for today, it was Green Day. And, and Stevie D, you did a great job. Thank you for the insight on, on the Jets. To all of our fans, again, we thank you for watching. We thank you for the contributions. We thank you, everybody, for chiming yeah. in. There, there's Terry. Yes, go Bills. Lifelong. Appreciate it, Terry. Um, again, you hit us up on IG, OW underscore sports, Facebook, OW sports, Twitter, OW sports 12. If you are interested for the fantasy football league that we have, reserve your spot. Hit us up on social media. Let us know. So for my co-host, Stevie D, it was a blast. Stevie D, thank you so much. Uh, for talking about the Jets. And I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.